I want us to look at those verses once again. If you would stand, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4, So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Aran. You may be seated. This morning, as we look at these verses, these verses, of course, teach us about the early years of Abraham's life. They show us how the Lord found him, how the Lord called him, how he promised to bless him. And on the surface, it may seem that these verses may have little to say to us today, but just the opposite. I think they have a lot of great truths that we can glean from these words today. The early days and the call of Abraham's life teach us some valuable lessons about God. It teaches us God's ways, how we should respond to him as he calls us and he guides our lives. Hopefully, as we look at Abram's life today, we will be challenged to see how he responded to God's call on his life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather once again in your name. Lord, it's just awesome to be able to come into your presence, Lord, to be able to sing words of praises and just to meet together uh, as your people. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. We pray that you will use this time to speak to our hearts, Lord, to point us towards you, to understand better how you would have us to live and share in the world where you put us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, this is Senior Adult Sunday, I hadn't figured out yet why they had me come, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, think, uh, I think I do qualify quite for senior adult, but um, as we look through the pages of scripture, I want you to think about how God called a, a lot of his best servants to do their greatest work in, uh, in latter years of their lives. As we think about it this morning, Moses was 80 when he was called to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, bondage there. Caleb was 85 when God requested him, when he requested the tallest mountain and the largest giants to, to battle. Zechariah and Elizabeth were both advanced in years when God chose them to have a son, John the Baptist. Now, I'd have a little trouble with that call, I believe, this morning on me and Charlotte's life. But... Um, the Apostle John was 90, or perhaps even older, when God called him to write a book on Revelations. And, of course, this morning as we look at the Scriptures, uh, we're told that Abraham was 75 when God called him to leave his family, his, his home, his security. And as I said, we'll be looking at this call this morning. With each of these saints, it seems as though God saved the best for last. As we focus on the these scriptures this morning, this is Senior Adult Sunday, but I believe that God does have something for all of us this morning as we look at these scriptures this morning. I think it's good for us to, to take a few minutes as we think about Abram's life and then, of course, later on to be called Abraham to get a better understanding where we find him at this time in his life. 
uh, to give us a better perspective of, of the call on his life and how it not only changed his life, but it challenged him in so many different ways. Uh, Abram was living in what was called Ur of the Chaldees, and it was located in what we call Iraq today. It was in the southeast corner of Iraq, some 75 miles north of the Kuwaiti border, right in the middle of where the Gulf War took place in 1991. Also believed to be an area close to where the Garden of Eden was located. So it just always amazes me to still see all that happens in this area of, of, our, of our world, and all that took place there in that, in that particular area. Ur was, at Abraham's time, located a, located a place where the Euphrates River emptied into the Persian Gulf. At this time, this area where, where Abram was living was a bustling seaport where trade was conducted with India and Africa. History also says that the city was a center of intellectual activity. A large public library has been unearthed there that contained many, many ancient texts written in clay. The region was so well suited for raising, was also well suited for raising flocks and sheep and herds, which accounts for the fact that Abraham was so comfortable there where he was at in his family. They were herdsmen of sheep and cattle, and this area was perfect for their kind of livelihood. As we look at this history, it seems that the area was flourishing in many ways, but we must remember spiritually it was a very, very dark place. Idolatry and paganism reigned in that region. And the hopelessness of Abraham's years in Ur come to surface here when we realize the darkness that surrounded Abram. Listen to Joshua 24, 2. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Tyra, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. While Abraham was living in a time of prosperity, things were really good prosperity as far as his life was concerned in these early years. They were worthless days because they were being influenced by idol worship. When I thought about that and I read that, I thought about when you think of it, really Abraham was no different than you and I before Christ. We might not have served stone gods or we might not have worshipped heavenly bodies, as they were doing in Ur at this time, but we were all trapped in the same darkness and controlled that controlled the life of Abram. A blessing to, it's a blessing to know that we serve a God who can reach into the darkness of our hearts and bring the light of God's glory and his presence into our lives. I praise him that I can take life, that he can take a life such as Abram that was so hopeless and barren and turn it into one of the greatest examples we find throughout scripture of faith and power and grace. He wants us to have that same kind of power and faith and grace in our lives also. I thought about Romans 5, 8 and 9 where it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners, still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. The point is this, regardless where you are today, whatever baggage you have in your life, whatever baggage you're carrying on in your life, God is able to come where you are and where we are and change us for his glory and for his honor. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. No one, absolutely no one, is out of the touch of our Lord. Even a pagan such as Abram. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This morning as we continue to look at our scripture this morning, I want us to, to start with the call. Genesis 12, 1. I'm going to read that verse again. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your family's house to a land that I will show you. We're not told exactly how this call came to Abraham, but we are told God spoke to him in his darkness and called him into his marvelous light to follow a new path. Abram was called to leave everything behind that he loved, everything that had shaped his life up to this point. He was ordered to leave his re- this region, this, his religion, and his relatives behind. For this man, it would be a difficult task. He was issued to call, a call to follow, to faith, and a new life. He was to leave his home, not knowing where he was going or when he would arrive. He was to leave all such matters in the hand of the Lord. According to Acts 7, 2, and Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. You see, Abraham's call came while he was still in Mesopotamia. Before the family trip to Haran, we must assume that he always knew that those years he spent in Ur were temporary, was just a temporary stop in the ultimate plan that God had for Abram's life. In our own lives, we must be careful not to allow the comforts and the security of our present lives to be so powerful and so controlling that it would cause us to hear God's plan, not to hear God's plan and his call for our lives by not putting our faith in the one who is calling And we also need to remember that Abram was 75 when this took place. A time in his life when he must have been settled down, thinking that uh, he was right where he was going to be for the rest of his life. As I alluded to earlier, it it was a comfortable life for him. Uh, Things were good where he was living, uh, uh, really physically, but spiritually we know there was much darkness. This would mean that Abraham was... If it was following this call, he would be led in a new direction in his life. It meant ultimately leaving everything that was familiar, everything that was comfortable behind. Can you hear God's call? Second thing I want us to look at this morning is the blessing. Genesis 12, 2 and 3, and I'll read those again. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abram stepped out in faith, as Hebrews 11.8 clearly reminds us. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that, where he would receive it as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. You know, we see throughout Scripture, and God calls us to a personal sacrifice He comprehends with great promises of blessings. These verses offer God's promise to Abram, offered God's promises to Abram, which we see unfold really in three areas, land, descendants, and blessings. We must be careful not to confuse God's blessings with the health, wealth, gospel that we hear 
proclaimed so often. It's not biblical. Yes, Abraham would receive the blessings that he was, he was promised. And yet we see throughout his life, there were struggles, there were hardships in his life. You know, Abraham never really experienced all the promises that God, that we're going to share in just a minute. Uh, but he continued on. He continued to live a life of faith and trust. And the two verses that center on the blessings and offerings and offers a sevenfold promise. I want to just kind of remind you of those blessings we see in these scriptures here. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make you I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. All the people on earth will be blessed through you. These bless this blessing theme which really begins in Genesis 1 and you'll see it throughout the life of, 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 of Abraham and his descendants. Peter used this seventh promise in a great sermon in Acts 3. Paul wrote about it in Galatians 3. I found this quote by Griffin Thomas, an evangelical theologian from years back. And I think he captures these principles in two brief sentences. He said, God never places burdens on his people's shoulders without giving them the power to respond. God's biddings are his enablings. Hebrews 13, 21 says, May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. It was Abraham's task to believe God, to believe that God would fulfill his promises by doing what he said. It's also our task as God's children to believe God, to believe his promises. He never breaks his promises to his children. You know, we live in a broken world, and we see broken promise after broken promise, don't we, all around us. Through many things and even through our own lives, we have a Savior who never breaks his word, and he never will break a promise to us. Hebrews 6.18 says, For God has given both his promise and his oath, those two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Abraham had this great confidence. He trusted God. God desires that same kind of trust in your life and my life today. The last thing I want us to look at is obedience the beginning of faith, Genesis 12, 4. Again, I'll read that verse. So Abraham went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. You know, one of the things that I noticed throughout Abraham's life is God continues to mention his age and how old he is. You know, I think God wanted us to realize that, uh, you know, and so often we think about age and we normally go to a negative area, you know, and I know we're all kind of guilty of that, you know, you're getting older, this, that, and the other, you know, we all kind of fall in that area. But I think God really wanted us here to understand, even though Abraham was aging, God was not through with him. God was still using him. Uh, just as I shared earlier, he saves the best for last. And a lot of times as we've seen, as we've seen some of the examples throughout Scripture, Abraham left. He turned away from his old life and he began to follow God and his promises. Abraham believed God, believed God's word, 
Believe God's promises. Abraham believed what God said. Therefore, he, he, he said, he, in the simplest of terms, Abraham believed God and he obeyed God. You see, Abraham put feet on his prayers. He believed and he put feet on his prayers. And yet there must have been a lot of different emotions going on in Abraham's life. Sometimes we don't think about Abraham being like you and me. He was just flesh and blood like you and me. And he received this powerful call on his life. You know he must have felt uh, and was confronted with this kind of decision. He, he was aware of the cost. It was going to cost him financially. Uh, it was going to cost him uh, his family, uh, it was going to be a great difficult moving around and all this was not easy in these days. He was being uprooted from his normal life and wondering about the future, new friends, acceptance and security and safety. Just the same things that we struggle with when God places a call on our lives. But we can't miss the fact, once again, it plays a large role in Abram's emotions was his age. Being uprooted and unsettled but probably the furthest thing from his mind. He was comfortable. He was real comfortable. Are you comfortable? Are you real comfortable where you're at today? That may not be good. As we shared earlier, the culture around him was advanced in many ways. The land was suited for what his livelihood was all about. While Abraham had many reasons to stay right where he was at, when confronted, Abraham turned away from his old life he accepted and believed. That's all it took. God called Abram believed God. And he separated from the worldliness that he was in. He separated from the old life. And he began that journey to the promised land. A journey that would lead to over 1,000 miles. Have you ever thought about how long that journey was? Moving like they had to move, go like they had to go. A thousand, over 1,000 miles. Have you ever thought about what exactly stirred this kind of emotion, this kind of faith in Abram's life? I believe it was simply God's word. We know that it's God's word that changes us. It's God's word that shows us and teaches us the way we should live and the way we should go. When he accepted God's word and God's promises, it initiated a great faith within Abram. And every one of us needs desperately to hear God's call and God's promises and to believe. We need to turn away from the worldliness of this world and turn to our God. We need to live a separate life, a life that is totally given over to God, that seeks after God and the promised land of heaven. You see, God found a man in Ur that would follow him. And because of that, he became known as the father of of the faithful and a friend of God. What names to be called, amen? The father of the faithful and a friend of God. To be called a friend of God. That just, that's just resonated through my heart and my thoughts as I, as I thought about that. And yet he missed a lot of the blessings. He didn't see all the blessings that God had promised him. That didn't mean they didn't come true and they aren't continuing to be filled even in our day through Jesus Christ. Can you hear God's call? The invitation this morning as a believer, have you become real comfortable in the world where you are? And that comfort may be keeping you from being open to God's call on your life. It could be something as such as home, family, friends, job, security. All these things are good things, 
but they can become roadblocks in our life. As Terah, Abram's father, might have been in his life for a while. This is Senior Sunday, and it is, is your age a road, roadblock that is keeping you from leaving your and following faith, God's plan for your life. I thought about that. I, th- I thought if you're here this morning, if you're physically able to be here this morning, no matter what your age is, God is not through with you. I read a story about a lady named Pearl Good. Miss Pearl was in her middle 60s, and uh, she was widowed and she was retired. She was living in California, 1949. Guess who comes to her town? Billy Graham. Billy Graham comes to her town, and once she heard Billy Graham and the gospel presented, it changed her life. She knew that God was calling her into a ministry of prayer. So in her middle 60s, in 1949, what she would do is she would get on a Greyhound bus, and she would go to wherever Billy Graham was holding a crusade. She would get there and she would rent her a room in a motel and she would begin to pray. And she would pray throughout that crusade. And she continued to do this throughout her life. Said that she may have logged over 48,000 miles on Greyhound buses going to his crusades just to be there to pray. Me and Mr. John was talking about this this, <clears throat> this morning. Sometimes we, when talking to people, sharing with people, we almost like we make an excuse, at least I can pray for you. But the most powerful thing, as we talked about even last week, is prayer. This lady logged over 48,000 miles following Billy Graham and praying for his ministry. He found out about her her ministry, and, and he said he could feel the presence of her prayers as he prepared for his crusades. And when she passed away, he said there was a hole there somewhere because of the power of this lady's prayer for his ministry. And even after she got where she couldn't travel on the buses any longer, she would follow him and and, and by by this time he was preaching crusades all over the world and it says she would set a clock or alarm clock that would wake her up when he was maybe in China preaching in the middle of the night and she would awake and begin to pray for his ministry she had a powerful effect even in, in the age she was sometimes it said she would pray all night for his crusade you see God's not through with us and sometimes we look at our ages and it's so easy to kind of say you know I've done my thing you know and I'm going to kind of step back and let these young people begin to do their thing it's, it, 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 that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a battle for us older folks but God is not through with you you can't physically do the things you may have used to do, used to be, used to do but you can still be used greatly by God in so many ways. Prayer, serving, honoring, allowing. And sometimes, I'm not going to leave all of you out this morning because, you know, sometimes young people, young folks, 
we can use age as an excuse because maybe I hadn't quite done all these things that I think I need to do before I become totally committed to Christ. If you're a young person, I know I, I was there one time, believe it or not. And I remember the pressure that I felt from my friends and sometimes the friends that I associated with were not the best influences. And then sometimes I was embarrassed you know, if I wanted to stand up for Christ, you know. But I can tell you, God desires for you to be totally committed, everyone in here to be totally committed to him living a life of faith. And that's the challenge to us as believers this morning. Is there a roadblock that's keeping you in your life from following God's call on your life? And be open and be listening and ready when the call comes. The final invitation this morning is, have you ever taken that first step? Have you ever taken that first step of faith? There's an old saying, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, just as it did in Abraham's life. Would you take that first step this morning towards a Savior? We'd love to talk with you, to share with you. Craig's going to be down here this morning, and I'll be down here this morning. Whatever God is saying with your heart. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, just as it was with Abraham, it wasn't easy to take that step. I think sometimes we kind of oversimplify it and we think, you know, he was just a man of faith. And boy, he just, you know, it had to be difficult, as I shared this morning, to leave where he was at. It won't be easy when you take that step to the Savior. It won't be easy when you commit your life to be totally living a, a life of faith. But I can assure you, because of the 72 years God has given me, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. Let's pray. God, you're good in every way. We're overwhelmed that you loved us so much that you would even call us to leave our earth and to leave the darkness that our lives were before Christ and to call us in to your marvelous light into a family of believers that we could live together pray for each other support each other this morning I pray you would help us to remove any kind of robot whether it's age or whether it's home it's security or whatever it would be that would keep us from being totally committed to a life that honors you Abraham was not perfect. We see throughout his life, he missed the mark many times throughout his life. But ultimately, he was totally committed to a life of faith. Oh, God, give us that kind of commitment to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us and sing? Just as I am.
My name is Henry Arents. I am the deacon on call this week. You can find my name and number on the back of your bulletin. Let's bow in prayer. Our Father and our God, we thank you 